uh, when the Kundalini rises, uh, it goes through some, uh, say, affirmations that we say just inside ourselves. Mm-hmm. And these affirmations are just uh, words that we say that correspond to some particular energy centers that we have inside us. And every, every energy center has its own quality. And the right. qualities were studied and uh, found out, uh, you know, as I said, like many thousands of years ago. However, um, as I said, like they were mostly theoretical. Right. So what happens is that uh, when energy rises and it goes through our brain, it just we don't have to control it or imagine it that it goes through it. We just uh, say these few things and uh, this happens spontaneously. Hmm. That's why it's called Saja Yoga. Saja means uh, born with or spontaneous. Hmm. Okay. And yoga means in Sanskrit union. So it's a spontaneous union or a, a union born with. Like every, because everybody is born with this union when they're a child. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you are watching or listening. This is the Holistic Monitor, and I'm your host, Nick Sconia. The Holistic Monitor is a wellness podcast featuring life energy research, health and wellness transformation, self-improvement and empowerment, philosophy, spirituality, and now guest interviews as well. We look forward to your comments on our YouTube channel, at Holistic Monitor, and you can also listen on the go with us at Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and more. And with that, let's get today's show started. And welcome to this episode of the Holistic Monitor Podcast where we explore the many facets of wellness and personal growth. Today, we have a very special guest who is a true teacher hiding in plain sight, Alex Buaisha, a software developer who has lived in several different countries and brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the art and practice of meditation. We'll be talking with Alex, who has a unique understanding in the field of kundalini meditation that he is eager to share with us today, and take us on a guided meditation to awaken the kundalini within us. So sit back, relax, and let's explore with our guest today, Alex Boesha, the many benefits of this ancient practice on the Holistic Monitor. Alex Boesha? Boesha, yes. Boesha. (laughs) You're a full-stack software engineer at Moravio. Yep. Uh, And you currently reside in the Czech uh, you have a diverse background in literature, philology, journalism, and technology. And you've been meditating for 15 years, and you teach it to others. Yes. That sounds accurate. Okay. How, how did you get started in meditation? Uh, yeah, that was during my uh, university years. That's about 15 years ago. Uh, while I was still studying uh, the three years degree at the university we have in Italy, um, because I'm Italian in the originally, so I was studying in Italy, um, a formula called three plus two, which we do like three years uh, kind of bachelor degree, and then you do two years specialization. So I was doing this three years, I was studying uh, philology actually, and li- Italian literature, mostly philology. Uh, kind of a humanistic studies, very anyway. Okay. And um, yeah, it happened to be um, a following path from uh, my high school years. 
because um, what happened is that uh, I started, I started, I say, my, my life kind of like when I was educated somehow in a more uh, essayist uh, background from my mm. uh, family. Um, like I was not baptized or anything like that. Uh, oh, okay. So I feel like coming from Italy, from a small town and uh, like mostly like 99% of the people were, but still my parents let me choose my own path. So that was very good and much appreciated to my parents. <laughs> yeah, and, not, not uh, the norm, right? Not the norm, no, no, no. Yeah. I feel like that's not a blocker still, but for, uh, you know, your own uh, seeking or uh, researching something more spiritual, but still right. uh, it happened that uh, I didn't have to go to church every Sunday. So uh, while my other people, like other friends were kind of obliged to do that. So yeah, I'm not so happy about it, but still, okay. Uh, what happens that uh, after, like during my years uh, of high school, especially the last few years, uh, I had this my normal life of teenager, so going up and downs, like with some uh, more or less successful love stories and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and I started feeling that uh, there was something more uh, in the world than just like uh, studying or something like that. Um, that was like before uh, anyway, like thinking about jobs. <laughs> right, <all>. right. <laughs> um, so I decided to go through an experiment and uh, started to do uh, and planned to do this. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure in English how is it, but this pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela. Hmm. Uh, basically, it's this uh, path that uh, goes through whole Spain. Uh, it's one of the three uh, pilgrimages that we're doing in the Middle Ages. Uh, one was to Rome, one was to um, uh, Palestine, to Jerusalem. And one was to Santiago de Compostela. So the, the path to Santiago is still very much uh, used nowadays, um, even more and more like every passing years. It happened that I read uh, uh, the year before that uh, one book from uh, Paolo Coelho called, uh, uh, actually I don't remember the name of the book, but it was about the, that. <laughs> I know the author, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I read it like uh, maybe yeah, it was like 20 years ago or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe it's called that. But anyway, uh, it inspired me to go to do that uh, and uh, search something more uh, like uh, deeper. So I just went there like uh, without much expectations, but uh, uh, I liked to walk a lot. Uh, I did some walking tours around some lakes in Italy, something like that. Uh, so I'm kind of got used to me a little at least to walk uh, more days than usually, like uh, many days continuously, say. Mm. So I said, okay, let's try it. So I, put, I, I skipped the, the preparation stuff like that uh, because that's not important. But I started in France uh, next to Rossesvalia, in, well, actually in Spain, on the Pyrenees Mountains next, between uh, France and Spain. Mm -hmm. And I started that. Um, so I planned more or less 20... It was 21 or 24 days, I don't really remember now. Yeah. And uh, you have to be sticking to the schedule because if you skip it, like you would basically lose the bus, coming back bus, and then I had the airplane and to from Bilbao to Barcelona and after that from Barcelona to Italy. Right. Well, I have not really much choice, but just to go forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's it. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it was, uh, I started that and um, 
in the first part is kind of you get used to it and uh, you start having many pains <laughs> like right right in the back and uh, you, you get any kind of precaution but still like on the foot on the feet of course yeah. you start to uh, understand how to cure yourself you know like um heal the wounds and like the calluses like under the feet and stuff like that yeah yeah they build up you know yeah so yeah. on the on a retrospective what i was doing is basically trying i think to uh get um my body in a best shape like a hermitage or something like that yeah uh to get like a like more detached from my body right. yeah get your mind sharp basically yeah, yeah. i was not really aware of that at the moment um, right yeah you're feeling the pain of the feet <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. yeah and the hips so, and everything else right yeah yes so um what happens is that uh, you start learning a few things here and there that are not just concerning your physical body uh, but uh, at the time i was 19 uh, it was the, the year between uh, the finish of high school and start your, starting of university. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of time because I had you know, like homeworks and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So I was completely, my mind was completely free, you know, for any obligations and stuff like that. Right. Um, so I started to learn a few things like, you know, now it's kind of a cliche, but the thing of, you know, uh, it's not important to ride, but it's important to walk or these things. Which right. are kind of they are cliche, but because like cliche are kind of part of the truth, but you don't uh, really realize it until you really feel it in yourself, right? Uh, so I started having these uh, moments uh, in which uh, in the beginning I was where there were lots of people in the beginning, uh, so we were I was working together with somebody, making friends and so on, you know. And uh, after a while, you know, everybody has his own pace, so uh, her own pace, so it's uh people start spreading out basically like at the beginning we're all concentrated together starting together but eventually like you get losing people and you find them back again in the towns when you are going to sleep and so on so after one week basically i was still passing the mountains uh although there were more hills nowadays i took a stick which is very important <laughs> yeah um <laughs> for helping me the i mean for helping me to work right and um let's see uh, it was basically he became my companion mm -hmm. and uh i started after one week i started to go after Pamp pamplona more or less uh, and uh, logroño also like was more than one week we started to have these places uh, in spain uh, northern spain uh, called mesetas which are um, uh, fields of wheat uh grain basically uh but like infinite fields yeah. <laughs> they're like 100 kilometers of fields or something like wow. that okay and yeah. uh, the towns are very spread out so yeah. head them up of course like where there are the towns but at the time there were no gps mobile or something i didn't have anything basically right, right. so we're just having the map and the signs the 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 path is all signed anyway uh but sometimes it's misleading as well so you have to find back you have to ask people it was like old ways like you know uh walking yeah, yeah. and uh yeah so i passed basically there were many days in which uh, i was having nobody at all for many kilometers behind me and many kilometers in mm. front of me i was mm. completely alone by myself and then uh, i start i feel that uh i felt that uh, i started connecting with the nature like I had this very big connection with nature. I was walking, 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 but my body, I didn't feel it anymore, basically. And uh, I was starting having 
disconnection from my stick somehow. I was kind of maybe not. I don't remember if I was talking to it, but <laughs> I was. Might might have been. Yeah, yeah. As we I do, was, right? <laughs> Trusty I stick. Like, um, like <laughs> it was guiding me somehow, and it was uh, my connection between uh, my body and the earth and and the nature. So I was feeling these uh, things coming inside of me and uh, just uh, getting me into harmony with the whole nature, basically. And then I was coming back. I was going to the to sleep to the town that I reached. And uh, the next day I was starting back again and so on. But I started to have this feeling like every day I started walking, and it was a kind of state of meditation, right? Because I was completely connected with uh, with the nature. And at the time, I didn't realize that what, what was it exactly, but it was really peaceful. And um, it was not like you're going to the nature after, you know, for the weekend or something like that. I feel relaxed. That was a, really like a connection. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I many things happen there, like, uh, you know, the, you get the, to understand the value of water when you basically dry out and there are 40 degrees. And you don't get a town for another two kilometers and stuff mm -hmm. like that. <laughs> so you really start appreciating like the elements of the nature, you know, how they, they how they nourish you. Or uh, in the evening they were like very uh maybe some there was some was a little cold, so you had to wash your stuff, you know, and uh, you had to heal your wounds, and after that maybe there were some uh, bonfire or something like that. You start really appreciating the small things and it puts you still more in contact with uh, the nature. Mm -hmm. And uh, another, like, a really important episode happened towards uh, the end of it, one week before I reached the destination, or five days. I basically got uh, an inflammation to the, uh, I don't know in English how it's called, this very important nerve that uh, goes from the back to the legs. The sciatic nerve? Yes, that's one. Yeah. yeah. And um, that basically means that you are finished. <laughs> yeah, that's really it. <laughs> depending on where it's impinged, which is probably yeah. right around the spine. Yeah. And I was very close and I was feeling like, oh my God, I, uh, mm, I, I, of course. And, uh, I was feeling so bad and sad, you know. So I started yeah. crying and feeling bad for myself. I said, oh, I took like a bus, but I really don't want to finish it. And then uh, some people came and gave me some anti dolorifics or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started feeling, I still feeling this connection anyway. And uh, what happens is that uh, I, I was just feeling sad, but I felt this uh, calmness at the same time. So when I uh, I slept in some hostel, and then when I woke up, I, my pain was completely gone, <laughs> completely mm, absolutely yeah. gone. I took, I said, oh, okay, like what's happening? <laughs> I took my stick, as I still had, and, um, and uh, yeah, I started walking and I said, all right, work. my leg is working, I don't, any more pain yeah. <laughs> so anyway like uh, to make it a little shorter here um i realized that there was something definitely superior that uh, it was not i was not really having any control on it but it somehow responded to my desire to my let's say let's say pure desire to mm -hmm. um to have to do to finish this because i wanted to it's not something like a desire like some material stuff but i wanted really to finish it uh, for my for myself, my spirit, for my yeah, spirit. for your soul, uh, right? Exactly. Personality. And that was my entry point to uh, say something spiritual. Say, yeah. Then uh, I went to high school, to university, sorry, and uh, I changed city. So I went to live uh, with some of the students, and I started my university life. And I 
kind of not forgot about um, made other choices for the moment. So I started normal student life. <laughs> right. So, uh, but after a few years, uh, I realized that also actually after some uh, failed love affair again, <laughs> mm. that was my like uh, starting point because I felt something that, that was not really like uh, right. that love. It was more attachment, and yeah. it was not really like fulfilling anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I started saying, okay, I, I remember something that I did like on that uh, wall, right, on this part. Yeah. So uh, I said, okay, I cannot do it, that anymore. Uh, I will uh, try to do some program meditation, something like that. So I went to this, um, uh, at the time I didn't have much money, of course. Um, this uh, was called uh, Noren Gyakyo, I think, Buddhist meditation. Hmm. It was a kind of Buddhist meditation. So what I went there. Um, what kind was it? Uh, it's called, it was called uh, Noren Gyakyo or something oh, like that. okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can, and, uh, I, can, I can look it up and tag it, but yeah, I think I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but first of all, they were making like, uh, paying the, the things. <laughs> so mm. that the programs, so I said, okay, nope. And the second, the second thing is that uh, it really didn't, uh, convince me on what they were doing because they were like, uh, chanting once I one. Oh, of, right. Right. And, uh, uh, they were saying that it's basically reflecting yourself in the mantra with the mantra and so on. Yes, yeah, Buddhism. Also, that's Buddhism, I believe, right? It's Buddhism. Yes, yes, yeah. it's part of Buddhism. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Buddhism is very expensive. <laughs> yeah. no, that's the thing. So uh, I said, yeah, I said it's not for me. Like I didn't like it very much. Yeah. Uh, I was talking. Meanwhile, I made friends with somebody at university. I made some uh, field trips with them, and I made. Uh, very much friend with uh, one other guy and uh, was talking to him after a few months after this uh, failed love affair, <laughs> say. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was not, sorry, it's not an affair. It was not an affair. It was like Roman's story or something like that. It yeah. was like a very bad list of poker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I was talking to him. So I said, yeah, I, would, I wanted to try some meditations, but I never tried, uh, I never managed to get to this state again. Um, and he said, yeah, but I'm doing meditation. I said, okay, so yeah, let me try. So let's try, let's try, let's try. So at the time there were like, you know, official, you know, say programs right. uh, about teaching. So I was going to yeah, his house and uh, my bicycle <laughs> with mm -hmm. the top and downs of uh, the hills of Bologna, basically. And uh, mm -hmm. okay. it was, um, yeah, it was teaching me. Uh, I was starting trying it. And I liked it a lot. And so that, uh, yeah, I basically started that, that way, this kind of meditation. Yeah. And really nobody owns meditation, you know, um, you can find it through different channels like Buddhism or, uh, you know, uh, other systems that involve, uh, meditation, but nobody owns it. Anybody can do it. It's one of those things. It's yeah. really just these raw tools to connect with yourself. And to um, you know, find peace within yourself, but but nobody owns the the rights or rules to it. It's a matter of just doing it, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Should I start talking of this well about meditation because I think <laughs> it's a main topic at this point. It's a what? Uh, sorry. What what would you say about it? Yeah. No. I mean, um, that's a the point like uh, that we are talking uh, about because. One thing that, um, 
Okay, let's go back a little. The meditation that I'm doing uh, uh, was founded by this uh, Indian lady. Her mm -hmm. name is uh, Srimata Jinal Maladevi. Okay. And uh, when she started this meditation, um, it's basically, she said basically that it cannot be paid for anybody. Right. Because it's a, it's a process that is owned, as you said, like by everybody yeah. and not owned by anybody. Right. So uh, also the programs that we are, uh, we are, I've been talked of, or uh, we are, I'm teaching, um, we're always uh, free of charge because uh, what we teach is basically how we, um, how the people themselves can meditate. Of course, there is uh, something to do. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's not like it just a seat and nothing to do, but uh, we just teach that. And uh, after that, uh, it's uh, up to the person to become their own uh, master or their own teacher, mm -hmm. uh, meaning that they can uh, by themselves with the knowledge that they have to meditate uh, on uh, their own way, say. Yeah. Adapted so, into their own style, right? Uh, yeah, there is uh, some uh, few things which are logical, but apart from that, yeah, everybody like I also like uh, changing kind of meditation uh, like almost every day, right? Uh, because it depends on uh, many things. It depends on how your work was, uh, how uh, if you had some problems somewhere, if you got stuck uh, with something, with, I don't know, whatever it is in your life, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, because uh, the meditation itself uh, can give you a certain state of peace, but um, the meditation that I'm practicing, uh, Sahaja Yoga, is not uh, just uh, about uh, having this uh, feeling of peace, but also like uh, having these uh, feelings of uh, what we, how we are inside ourselves. So. Uh, this energy that uh, we awaken inside ourselves uh, basically communicate with our nervous system mm. and it basically this energy sends signals towards our nervous, nervous system on our hands especially uh, if there are some uh, problems or some um, something that uh, we have problems or at the moment or uh, in our life generally speaking and uh, we have many ways on how to deal with them, like uh, with the meditation itself. Um, it's very like uh, wide, like uh, how to talk about it, because uh, it's a um, topic that has been, uh, from our point of view, uh, studied and uh, explained uh, from, for uh, thousands of years, because it's all the original knowledge that comes from uh, the um, uh, say Vedas or Puranas like in India for example right but also uh, some uh, you can find some top some part of the knowledge in the Gnostic text next text is uh, from the initial uh, Christian era for example you can find some of the knowledge as well in uh, the Quran you can find some knowledge in the Buddhist texts and so on and so forth um, however until now it was all um, say uh, freezing uh, knowledge or theoretic, theoretical knowledge which uh, some people could manage like uh, to make it into practice so that's why like for example the uh, hermits were going to the Himalayas in India or also we had like many cases in Europe about you know uh, um, like saints for example called saints that were going to hermitages as well 
right. uh, to isolate themselves and try to get more in contact with God and so on. Um, however, uh, in the 1970s, what happened is that uh, the lady I was talking about, Shimataji, who is the founder of Saja Yoga, mm -hmm. um, awakened this uh, for the first time with this energy and uh, could manage to um, get uh, to work this uh, method in which this energy could be awakened to everybody, not just uh, to one person or two at a time, like it was before, right. but uh, to everybody. And uh, um, everybody could uh, awaken the same energy to anybody else. So it was like a candle that was a light and another candle and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's very different from uh, other kind of, say, meditations, like, uh, um, uh, how is that called? Um, mindfulness or uh, other kinds of meditation because this is not about uh, uh, a mental uh, process. Okay. It's about uh, going above the mental process because it's uh, not about uh, the exercise or meditations or meditation themselves that we do. Um, we're not uh, focusing or concentrating or imagining anything. Right. We just uh, help this energy to arise. And because uh, with this method that uh, Shimataji, who had the uh, fully awakening of this energy, she could uh, realize how this energy work and how this could be transmitted to other people. Mm. So the process is kind of that she she managed. It was it's basically the opposite of what the herm the hermits were doing. The hermits were uh, basically trying to clean up our body, which I was trying to do, like in my pilgrimage, for example, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when the body was enough cleansed, like also with many things, like uh, stay up, like uh, with the head down, or uh, staying on one leg, or trying to like martyrize like their body as much as possible. Anyway, they were trying to get to more this uh, state of you know. Um, of med like not just meditation, but of course, like in contact with with God. Yeah, divine um, divine connection. Yes, the divine connection exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, Shamataji thought about that. Uh, this is not possible anymore, of course. So uh, it has to be on the other way around. So that's why she awakened this energy, the Kundalini, mm -hmm. and she said, uh, "Okay, let's work the other way around. We awaken before the Kundalini, and then the, with the Kundalini awakened, you can start doing a meditation, and you can start cleaning yourself inside." Mm -hmm. Because so, um, so rather than rather than go the route of conditioning to uh, awaken the Kundalini, awaken the Kundalini and then work on the conditioning afterward. Yes. Mm -hmm. Use utilize basically the power centers to start doing the work within yes. the, within the body and within the mind and all that. Okay. Yes, exactly. Um, so the thing is that uh, first of all, when uh, the Kundalini rises. After that, we can also uh, try if you wish. Uh, when the Kundalini rises, uh, it goes through some, uh, say, affirmations that we say just inside ourselves. Mm -hmm. And these affirmations are just uh, words that we say that correspond to some particular energy centers that we have inside us. And then every energy center has its own quality. And the right. qualities were studied and uh, found out, uh, you know, as I said, like many thousands of years ago. However, um, as I said, like they were mostly theoretical. Right. So what happens is that uh, when energy rises and it goes through our brain, it just we don't have to control it or imagine it that it goes through it. We just uh, say these few things and uh, this happens spontaneously. Hmm. That's why it's called Saja Yoga. Saja 
means uh, born with or spontaneous. Hmm, okay. And yoga means the Sanskrit union. So it's a spontaneous union or a, a union born with. Like every, because everybody is born with this union when they're a child. Right. When they're in the, say, in the belly of the mummy or um, as well when they are born, they have this fontanel bone area, which is open, of course, in the, in the skull. Right. But also this energy is already awakened in the babies. And uh, when uh, we grow up, what happens is that we lose the connection because this energy falls down to a dormant state because our uh, personality starts growing. Like say our ego, meaning like our individuality starts mm. growing from one side mm. and our conditionings or super ego starts growing on the other side. And these are, you can imagine them like as two balloons. So they are kind of growing on a psycho psychological level. They're kind of growing uh, and they basically grow up until they they got stuck here and they go here, basically, and they stuck mm -hmm. here. And the Kundalini goes back in a dormant state. Right. When we do the meditation uh, through this method, uh, the Kundalini can raise again and these balloons get stopped, they start uh, subsiding again mm -hmm. and the Kundalini can pass through just a little while, just a little until we can say um, we can manage somehow because many uh, books have been written about the Kundalini. Many things have been uh, said about it because it's an ancient knowledge and many people talked about it also like in the ancient times in India. Yeah. But uh, very few people experimented it. And uh, many people who are uh, uh, explaining that uh, the awakening of the Kundalini is something dangerous is because they actually didn't really understand how this works. And they are mostly uh, trying to awaken them awaken this energy with a wrong method mm. and with wrong method i mean uh, something that uh, is very like uh, bad like uh, for example tantrism or something like that is something that is going for example very much against our um, uh, say spiritual purity or innocence mm -hmm. because everything that comes from god is something that we can find say in uh, say in the universe and the nature or something like that so the nature is innocent so if you go to do something say really against the innocent like that so and you try to awaken this energy this energy of course doesn't really like it it's an intelligent energy because it's the reflex of this divine energy into ourselves so uh you can get like some bad feelings about that mm -hmm. however when we do the meditation with uh this method because it's awakened by a person who got it awakened spontaneously and in full, then uh, you get to meditation. <laughs> you get to right, this right. Well, meditation. Passing the torch, basically. Yes. You're passing the goes, light. Yeah, the candlelight, like you said. Mind. It just mm -hmm. goes through our mind and it opens up this uh, piece here, which was the fontanel bone area in the babies right. or the small children. And... Uh, you get into this state that uh, uh, is called uh, faultless awareness because you are doing meditation basically uh, with uh, closed eyes. In the beginning, there is somebody guiding you, as I said, and then after that, you can start doing by yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, even if uh, you are with the closed eyes, your thoughts stop completely. And uh, you are completely aware of what's going on around you. Uh, yeah. People talking, going, if there is somebody or uh, somebody next to you, if they're touching you or something like that, you know. Uh, you are in the state of thoughtless awareness. So you are completely aware, but we are our thoughts. 
Now, in the beginning, it can be that uh, being without thoughts can be like a um, uh, very short amount of time. It can be a few seconds or something like that. Mm-hmm. But that's an important part here because in our normal lives, we are going uh, basically through uh, thinking about uh, our future, our planning, or planning to do something, what I will do tonight, what I will uh, uh, do tomorrow at work or something like that. And uh, on the other side, after that, we go on the other side and uh, we go to our past. So, oh, I talked to this person this way, maybe I shouldn't have, or um, I've done this, I remember this thing uh, in the past that I did. Uh, so it's kind of a pendulum, right? So it's going like from one side to the other side to the other side and so on. And that works also on our emotional side. So we are going to work, we're getting really stressed because we have to do things quickly and so on. And after that, we are getting back home or we are working at home anyways, depending on. And uh, anyway, also at the end of the day, we are super tired and we just want to rest and we have nothing to do. So right. we just feel lazy. We don't want to do anything else. And the same happens in the weekend, right? So the weekend of the end of, this, of, the, of the Kundalini happens that to happens in the same, what are we call it like in the central channel. The central channel is uh, corresponding to our spine. It's uh, like on the center, our center, in the central nervous system. And then we have uh, one left part and one right part. And the right part corresponds uh, to our actions and the left part corresponds to our emotions. So we're going always uh, towards our emotions uh, or tiredness or laziness or conditionings. And then we go to our actions, to our planning and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. And uh, meditation allow you basically to go to stop a little this pendulum. It goes slower and slower and slower and slower until it stops at a certain point and the Kundalini passes through and uh, you can get without being without thoughts for a moment. And then maybe it starts again a little and then yeah. it stops again. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the more you meditate and uh, the more uh, this Kundalini gets stronger and the more uh, you manage to... Stronger doesn't mean that you get like superpowers or anything like that. Right. It means that uh, you get uh, more time into this state of meditation. Right. And, Free of uh, thoughts, right. Without thoughts, yes. Yeah. And because it's not uh, a concentration thing or a focusing thing, uh, this energy is like uh, a small plant. So you have to nourish it a little, so meditating. But also it means that uh, when you are... Uh, working or something like that you can get into the state of meditation even while working mm-hmm. uh you can get of course i'm getting even after all this time some times in which i'm quite stressed <laughs> something like that at work but um after work i can uh, maybe meditate a little or uh, do some uh, other treatments that we do very like with natural elements for example we just take uh, a food sock like uh, putting the food the feet in the water with mm-hmm. salt or something like that to just come to meditation, just to just come down and everything is just fine as normal as it was before working. So all the stress doesn't accumulate until the end of the week, but it just like uh, is uh, going basically away. <laughs> yeah. And meditated away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a real decompression. Yeah. Yeah. Take the stress and, at the end of the week. Yes. And clear it. Yeah. And then uh, there is uh, there are many things. Uh, one of the more most important thing is that uh, this um, energy can be felt. As I said in the beginning, uh, it can be giving us sensations on our uh, nervous system mm-hmm. because it's working on our spine. Uh, um, energy itself uh, is normally dormant or is awakened and resides in the sacred bone. 
and then uh, it goes through the spine and after that it goes like basically through our um, say um, energy centers right and then uh, it goes as I said uh, above um, but when it goes through the energy centers it starts uh, clearing them now every energy center has its own qualities and we can uh, feel uh, after the um, awakening of this energy we can feel them on our fingertips hmm. we can feel uh, some tingling some heat some coolness uh, some uh, other sensations that uh, it doesn't mean that uh, one has to believe it one has to experiment it um all this knowledge that there is like uh, it's not really in a particular book or anything like that there is some there are some books but it really doesn't matter it's right. more about uh going to experiment it to test yeah. it to try it by yourself right the scientific that, method got to test it yeah yeah <laughs> it's, like, it's like that yeah see what results you get and then <laughs> Yeah. As a strategy, he said in the beginning as well, you have to try it and test it like a, a scientist. So yeah. if it's work, basically you accept it because it works. Right. If it doesn't, it's okay. It, it means that it doesn't work for you. It's okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's probably another method. I mean, and I find that's a lot with people. They say, well, I can't stop the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm constantly thinking and I can't still... I can't find peace within my own mind to stop the thoughts from coming. They yeah. just keep coming, and 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 uh, I I always have said maybe the method you know the key isn't opening that door, you know yeah. try a different key. Uh, you yes. may need a whole other door to try to find a place of stillness within yourself, you know. Uh, but true. there's always some way that something that's going to work because it's it is to me it's a it's not a physical thing, but it is uh, accessed through you know, a certain physical means. Some people need to walk, you know, many days to beat the body out of the mind, you know, in a sense, or to uh, train really hard and and do a lot of weightlifting uh, yeah. to try and, you know, clear their mind space. Uh, and others don't need to do all that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> some people don't need to condition the body out of the brain and uh, the physicalness. Um, and some people don't need a lot of work to stop the thoughts from uh, flooding in constantly. Yeah. But there are those that do. And I always say it's just a matter of finding the right key to open that door. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever practice would work. So this this allows, it's kind of what you're doing is almost like a lineage where it's attached to um, a practice above or a practice from someone else. And it mm-hmm. worked for them really well and successfully, and they passed it on and passed it on and passed it on and passed it on. So that it's a, that's what I'm I'm, a, I'm gleaning from what you're saying is that it's a uh, a tried and true method for many, you know, to yes. a, awaken the kundalini first and then do the sorting of the rest uh, a, afterward. Yeah, as a matter of fact, as you said, like uh, um, there were uh, now I mean, the programs that I'm teaching with other people uh, are very small because I'm in a small city and I'm doing like a very small people, like a very few amount of people anyway. Yeah. However, like in the past, especially in India, but also here in Europe, uh, in my city in Brno, where I live now, uh, it happened when uh, in the, the 80s, when uh, Shimadaji was here as well. Like we had big uh, halls, like a theater halls, like with a thousand people or something like that, or even more. Also in Rome, it was done a few years back in the, one of the biggest biggest stadiums. Like uh, mm-hmm. it was quite packed, and uh, they were just doing you know the exercise that uh, we do in Sahaja Yoga, 
And uh, after that, we were just asking, like, uh, how many people uh, raise your hands to people like uh, who were feeling without thoughts, stayed without thoughts for a few moments or a few more minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And everybody was just raising their hands. Or uh, yeah. how many people were, stay- were feeling the- were feeling this uh, coolness or warmness on the hands and so on. And like a majority of people was also like raising their hands, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like a collective happening because this is the time of collective happenings. Um, right. In uh, the say circle of time, we are kind of uh, you can see basically like there is a, a lot of destruction on the way, but there is also lots of constructive forces like along the way as well. Right. Um, so this is one of the uh, constructive forces. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, great unification yeah. versus separation. Because yeah. many problems that we have nowadays, uh, they happen mostly because people. Uh, they cannot find peace within themselves. So um, it just—it's not just about work and about uh, you know doing charity or just about doing something good for them for other people. But uh, if you if you do something good for other people, but you bring along all uh, your uh, lots of conditionings or your ego uh, and so on, like uh, you possibly do more harm than actually good. You may spread that versus. Spreading yeah, goodwill. So you have right. to find yourself the peace before the hand, and after that you can uh, give it to others. That's why, mm-hmm. like, uh, we do. Of course, we you know meditate ourselves before, and after that we <laughs> can try to explain yeah. it to other people and let let them try at least. You know. And, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's it's like choose your lane. You know, uh, pick pick which side you want to be on, and it's not really sides against anything. It's really just the mindset. You know, do you want to be in a, you know, grander unification with yourself, mm-hmm. with what seems to be a holistic body that's attached, you know, to everything around it yeah. or one that's closed off from those things um, yeah. that is non, uh, non-accepting of things around it? Not to say you're just generally accepting everything, but just that you're aware of more things around you. And the things that have a power pull on you and uh, drive you out of stillness or drive you out of uh, uh, mindfulness, if you want to use that term. Um, yes. The the, the uh, distractions being many. Uh, how do you personally work with uh, your work, which is definitely a lot of uh, mental work? It's you know working on computers <laughs> and stuff. Uh, how do you uh, balance that with the meditation practice? Are you able to do it while you're working, or is it definitely something you need to do after? Or uh, yeah, normally I, I don't really need it when I'm working. Right. However, like it happened, I remember like uh, quite sometimes in the past uh, that, uh, especially now with um, with uh, Everything quite remote. Uh, yeah. It happened to help me a lot uh, with the interviews, for example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Catch well, yourself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you are in a place like, but usually also when you're in a place, I could manage at least uh, to, uh, if you had had some task or something to do, so just to put attention within myself and uh, just try to put attention on the on the energy on the Kundalini and uh, on the here on this point because this is the main point where the Kundalini and where say all the energy centers or chakras like integrate themselves mm-hmm. so if you put the attention basically here and you massage it just a little it's basically helping uh to get into this uh, state of meditation quite mm-hmm. uh, quite suddenly actually if you practice after a while of course but if you practice a little um so 
I don't never, I never, not never, but almost never like need it for a work that itself. But uh, I usually do um, like a meditation in the morning as soon as I wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, in the evening after, before I go to bed. There is no really like a specific time one has to do it. Really like anytime you want, basically. Right. But uh, of course, as you wake up, it's like uh, you don't have still the mind running just yet. So it gives you the energy and these uh, feelings that we call vibrations. We also like feeling these vibrations. Right. They on the hands it gives you. It's like um, nourishment basically that you get in the morning, mm-hmm. for example. And you give you like they put you in a central state, in a more balanced state, so you can start basically the the day quite 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 good. Yeah. And um, in the evening, instead, uh, usually because uh, there is like everything from the day. Uh, if I went out or not, but it doesn't really matter. So usually I take this uh, uh, meditation with a food soak, like uh, mm-hmm. so put myself the, the, the feet in the water with some salt. Yeah. And meditating like that. It's an old thing, like the food soak that uh, actually our uh, grandparents were doing some time ago um, because they were like normally relaxing. <laughs> right. Relaxing themselves. Yeah, spa uh, treatment. <laughs> yeah, but uh, with the meditation, it's even better because uh, it allows you really like it allows the water and the salt because they're natural elements and the Kundalini resounds or resonates. Say mm-hmm. with these elements, and it starts this element starts uh, this element start absorbing all the heaviness that you have inside your body. Basically, everything goes down uh, um, like with the elements of the Mother Earth. So like the water, the salt, everything like that. Electrical charge uh, pulling uh, out of the body. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you start to feeling like even more peaceful just after the food soak. And after that, uh, you continue maybe the meditation for uh, maybe five, 10 minutes, even even five minutes is enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm doing it maybe for uh, 15, 20 minutes, something like that. If you are, uh, sometimes it happens that they have very good meditations. It happens to be one hour, two hours, like uh, during the programs or something like that, we meditate maybe for one hour sometimes, it depends. Yeah. But uh, at home is enough in the morning or in the afternoon or evening, five minutes. Yeah. And uh, after that, I go to bed and um, I sleep very well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there we go. Yeah, well, I approach my day the same way when, I, when I'm able. Um, my schedule's super full, typically. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, that pre-alarm, right, five minutes, I've set my internal clock to try and go off right before my alarm. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I when I do wake up before my alarm, typically I'm aware. I wake up to see, oh, what time is it? Did I miss my alarm? Which happens quite a bit. But <laughs> if I didn't, it means that I've gotten a game on the day in a sense. And I, I take that time to sort my coming day out and do my little meditation prior to the day. It's like one of my favorite times to do meditation because I can interlace it with uh, dreams and visualization. Uh, because I'm still slightly attached to the other realms, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely one of my favorite times. And that's something I gleaned from my mom, who does the same thing before uh, getting up, you know, sitting mm-hmm. meditation or laying meditation, basically, before actually getting up from the, for the day. It's a great way to sort out what's coming and um, kind of arrange things mentally for you know expectations of the day but have this interplay from the dream state still there mm-hmm. you know where you're able to kind of play it out and uh i've found a lot of value in that 
It's definitely very helpful, but it's definitely not a uh, emptying of the mind as much as it is a, um, uh, I'm not really sure, dream work probably. Probably fall more in the realm of dream work, but for me, it's morning meditation. It's yeah. where I sit and I, I find that balance point and I work with the incoming stimulus of the day that's coming you know mm -hmm. uh, but uh so you could do this a five minute meditation pretty much at any point in the time of the day yes during mm -hmm. break or uh or what have you we're finding a great location somewhere around the world and having to sit on a rock and enjoying the moment yeah totally yeah, yeah that's true. that's true uh would you be able to do a uh you know a brief uh intro into this meditation like a two or three minute thing yeah, it will be very quick. Um, it really, as I said, it doesn't matter um, how long it is. Also, like in during the programs, we do you know, normal meditation. We have maybe first time, like maybe 15 minutes or something. Yeah. But um, because the energy, um, say, answers to our pure desire, let's say right. our pure desire was talking in the beginning, like the pure desire of growing ourselves and uh, evolve. And um, it's basically the desire to just try it and see how it is. Um, so how it is, uh, how it's going to work is uh, particularly putting our right hand on, uh, here it's on the left, it's on the right, mm -hmm. on, uh, our, um, on our heart. And then uh, we say here one affirmation, which is basically, I am the spirit. And the spirit is basically the, um, a sense of ourselves. It's not like the soul ourselves, but it's like uh, the reflection of the divine inside ourselves. Mm -hmm. like the, okay. say the masculine reflection, say our of the divine, and the kundalini is the feminine reflection of ourselves. Okay. Or the divine, sorry. So we basically try to detach ourselves from uh, our uh, mind, our uh, body, our emotions. We try to get uh, attached to more uh, this. Uh, um, natural or universal or divine energy within us, within us. then uh, we put our right hand here between the leg uh, the, the leg the neck and the shoulder and here we say another affirmation which is very important i'm not uh, guilty of anything the sense of guilt is something that uh, we learned from our society to bring along mm -hmm. <laughs> because uh, some because reasons, <laughs> yeah. but in effect, it doesn't really have any uh, any any advantage or any reason to, to exist. Right. I mean, it has a reason, like to create a condition by which, okay, if I do this, I will feel guilty. Okay, that's yeah. okay. But if you have done something and uh, you feel guilty, it's basically blocking you for uh, repairing the situation or doing something better after that. Right. Or it's just hanging around there, you know, like it doesn't oh, yeah. do anything, but it just takes stuff, sucks there. And the quality here of this uh, chakra or center of energy, center of energy is the communication. Mm -hmm. And the part uh, here on the left side is the communication towards ourselves. So okay. when we say I'm not guilty, we try to take off the blockages that our guilt uh, carry on on uh, this chakra, this uh, central uh, system, on this um, part. Then uh, after that, we put our right hand here on our forehead. And mm -hmm. here we say another very important thing, which is about the forgiveness. Now, it's a very important part because um, the main quality of this center of energy is the forgiveness. 
Now, it's also forgiveness towards others and forgiveness towards ourselves. He has double aspects, as always. Uh, but we say this, I forgive everybody and I forgive everything and I forgive all myself. And we, it's very important here not to focus on uh, some particular person or situation because otherwise we will not end until the end of the times, basically. Right. <laughs> because we have to forgive uh, basically everybody, maybe that we have we feel that uh, they wronged us or uh, we have to forgive so many things that we have done and so on and so forth. So it doesn't really matter. It's, what matters is uh, we just say it and try to just say it without thinking about anything in particular or anybody in particular. We just say, I forgive everybody and I forgive everything. And after that, uh, for the last thing, we put our right hand here on the Fontenelle Bonero in the kids and the children say and we massage it a little with a stretch hands. You can see like here on the, on the camera here. And uh, here we just say, Mother Kundalini, we just refer it to this energy as Mother Kundalini. Uh, please give me my self-realization, which is called this process of awakening of this, uh, this energy. And that's it. And after that, uh, we will do it with closed eyes. Or if you, if there is somebody watching it, of course, they can open their eyes just to see how it is done, basically. Yeah. But it's quite simple. And uh, uh, with the closed eyes after that, uh, we can try to see if we feel something uh, already. Mm -hmm. So we can we will uh, do just a little thing. We just uh, put our hands basically on like this, on the same. I can see on the camera here, but it's basically in front of our body, yeah. like that, open hands like this. And also above the head like this, above the head, without the touch, without touching the, the hand. This will take it's more time like explaining it than actually doing yeah. it. <laughs> so but, it's uh it's heart and then um throat and then crown and then above crown or then in front and then above crown is that right yeah just heart shoulder uh forehead and uh top of the head basically mm -hmm. yeah so we can do it now um it's important to have uh at least um you can be seated or uh like lotus position it's important not to do it like um uh, lying down hmm. and uh, also without shoes or without um uh, slippers <laughs> right the word. and just the feet uh, basically feet have to have contact to the ground whatever we are uh, like at home outside doesn't really matter yeah uh, even like a 15th floor doesn't really matter but it's important to have it the feet on the ground yeah so basically what we do, the first thing, uh, we put our both hands with palm open because this sensations that I was talking about before, and we put them on our laps, whatever, however in this position we are. And we just close our eyes. Now we just, um, we can do anything that we do for relaxing before, like we can stretch our shoulders. We can take some uh, deep breath. So just we try to bring our attention just a little inside from uh, everything that we have outside, from the family, from the work, from uh, our house, anything. So we just put our right hand on our heart. And uh, here we just say inside, we can say it three times or more times if you want. I am 
the pure spirit. I am the pure spirit. You can also feel the calm rhythm of our heart and our hand. Because truly we are not this mind, we are not this body, we are not these emotions. So we say just, I am the pure spirit. Now we move our right hand on our left shoulder, then we can move the right the head to the right a little, and the left hand stays open on our lap. And here we say, I am not guilty of anything at all. We just say, without focusing on anything in particular, I am not guilty of anything at all. Sometimes it can be difficult to say it inside. So we can try as much as we can. I'm not guilty of anything at all. Now we put our right hand on our forehead and we can bend the head down a little to help us. And here we just say, without focusing on anything, I forgive everything, I forgive everyone, and I forgive all myself. It's like I forgive all the world. I forgive everyone, everything, and I forgive all myself. Forgiveness is just for us, because whether we forgive or not forgive, nothing changes around us, other people, other situations. So forgiveness is just giving us peace inside. We just forgive everyone, everything. And I forgive everything for myself. Now we bring our right hand above the head on the fontanel bone area. We stretch the fingertips and uh, the fingers and we massage a little in a clockwise manner. So back, left, uh, front and right. And we massage it this way for a few times. 
And meanwhile, we say inside, Mother Kundalini, please give me my self-realization. Mother Kundalini, please give me my self-realization. Now we bring down our right hand with open palm and our attention is above our head where we touched the head and with attention there we just Observe with attention our hands if we feel something. If we don't, it's okay as well. We can now bring our right hand above our head, a few centimeters above without touching it, with the palm downward. And we can try to see with our attention to see if we feel some small breeze coming out of our head. Can be cool, can be warm. We can feel something on the hand. We can bring down our right hand and we can do the same with the left hand above the head, a few centimeters above and the feelings can be different as well. Now we can put down our left hand And normally we can say more meditation, but we can just now open our eyes. That's great. That's good. That's it. I'm like already in meditation. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. And it really puts a nice calm gesture on everything thereafter. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's very simple. The first meditation has maybe three, four more things, but that's basically it's just the desire to this energy to be awakened, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, and there, yeah, it's difficult to talk after. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll try and fill the air as much as I can here. Uh, so it seems that with the use of the energy uh, palm chakras, uh, that. Uh, that's being used to kind of spin or ignite or how, whatever term you'd like to use the chakra first the heart which is a great connection point and then to utilize the um, affirmations or the key words to uh, kind of 
clear some of the damage, maybe, or the uh, the prohibitions on the chakra from spinning or exhibiting its energy. So clearing the uh, the heart with. Uh, and what was the first? The first one is to. What was the phrase for the for the heart? I'm the pure spirit. Yeah. All right. I am the pure spirit. So connection to the divine through the heart, divine uh, love. It's and, yes. Um, it's not about really like uh, um, say putting energy into it or uh, right. in the chakra, but it's more about uh, just inviting the kundalini to go there. Right. Um, right. This uh, it. I mean, everything has uh, its own reasons. But now it's uh, kind of a bit too long to explain. But for yeah. example, we use the right heart, the right hand. Sorry, on the left channel for a reason because the right hand uh, corresponds to our right channel, which is the channel of action, mm -hmm. and the left channel instead is the well, the left part is our channel of uh, said emotional but also desires. Mm -hmm. So we use our action on our desire basically. Okay um for this um, um so-called realization like yeah. or uh, awakening all the energy right and uh yeah but that after is... that um while uh, you do normal meditations like of course you can uh, you do everything like on every part other of stuff the yeah right you go through it my my well, first time doing that we use the left hand of course because it's like easier and uh, the center channel is also the right hand but uh, we just invite the kundalini through affirmations we just invite the kundalini uh because they are corresponding qualities to the different mm -hmm. parts of, of different chakras so yes right and it's the top tier chakras to really draw that kundalini from low down up all the way up to high and, yeah. and then of course i like the at the end to actually see if you're like are you perceiving the energy flow yeah, that's Which, uh, I'm prohibited a little bit. I got this cap on here, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I, that I think um, for a lot of people, um, and, and you can look at it in a physical sense too. But for a lot of people, that can be the thing that says, "Oh, okay, wait, there is there is a sense there. There is something moving there." Um, yeah. It's an easy way for an affirmation that what they're yeah, doing like has some cool. kind of uh, resonance. Oh. Yes, we tried out, as I said in the beginning. Uh, also, when I started Sahaja Yoga, <clears throat> um, I had my doubts about, uh, am I feeling this right? There is uh, some uh, open window or something like that. So I was um, trying at home like to see, isolate myself as much as possible with different situations and try mm -hmm. to meditate different times of the day, see, okay, like, how is it now? And so on with the hands and open and so on. And I was feeling every time, almost every time, like different things, but I was almost, always, always, almost always of course, feeling some coolness or warmness mm -hmm. on, our, on my hands. And um, I was trying to, uh, because every finger, say, on the hand corresponds to one chakra, so I was trying to um, help uh, or try to, say, um, indi indicate, say, or how to call it, um, say, the, the Kundalini, say. Uh, where to go through the affirmations and so on, different uh, centers. Yeah. And uh, I was feeling that uh, the sensations were changing, like on the hands as well. And then I was trying to add a kind of experiments because these vibrations are just within us, but also uh, we are uh, giving the vibrations. So I was right. trying to uh, give vibrations to plants <laughs> and so yeah. on as well. Yeah. Which yeah. worked fine, actually. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, there's a symbiotic relationship there. 
Yeah, uh, that's right. the connection that I was feeling uh, in the, for the nature, like I was talking in the first place, you know, uh, when I was talking about the pilgrimage to Santiago. I didn't have the tools to understand what was that at the moment, but uh, um, I didn't have the Kundalini awakening either because I never felt uh, before the realization, before this uh, first time I meditated, uh, I never felt this sensations, coolness or warmness or tingling on the fingertips, uh, right. never before. Because it's something happening after the Kundalini gets awakened, basically. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when one has to try it, because as I said, like now with the meditation, maybe you felt it, maybe you didn't. Sometimes people feel, it felt it. <laughs> it happened uh, after one month of meditating. Right. Um, there are some people who uh, don't uh, feel it for years uh, and after they start. But mm. the main point uh, is being into meditation. The main point of the, the main point is the meditation, right? Yes. The um, this is these are sensations are just to uh, let you understand. That, yeah, I'm there. You know, okay, I can work it out. I can let you understand uh, if you have some blocks inside, because the chakras are also connected with the organs. So you can also cure yourself. You can cure mm -hmm. your organs, your parts of the body, and so on. It's a long story, but like yeah. <laughs> but right. Um, <laughs> yeah, lots uh, lots of stuff. Uh, however, uh, the um, the point is, uh, yeah, get into the state of thoughtless awareness to the to be in meditation because this is what lets you stay in meditation also during your uh, normal life. That's the mm -hmm. most important thing. Right. Well, and also, um, you know, what you do for yourself, you do for others as well. So, in finding serenity, internal serenity. And yes. you know, driving towards total serenity, um, driving towards a full unity um, of consciousness uh, that naturally goes out to those around you, that naturally involves everybody around you, and not in a forceful way. It's just your approach to life, the way you may pause before answering versus, um, you know, saying something without thinking about it. Mm -hmm. The way that you approach your uh, your people at work or people in your life, people <coughs> at, the, at the coffee shop, you know, wherever you're at, just your very approach will change. And in doing that, it will also affect everybody else around you. So if you're at, at peace, it's going to start uh, flowing out that, that that peace is part of your presence. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that guilt uh, portion there, we had a show earlier with Lois Hollis, who that's her focus is clearing uh, guilt, shame from the body. She sees Not that as a major it. block, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. how. <laughs> it's a major and it's a major thing, and it's the where did it come from? It doesn't belong there. Get rid of it, <laughs> you know, because uh, it is. It's a major inhibitor um, yeah. to yeah. releasing and feeling like, okay, why why are you feeling guilty? Like, just move through. Mm -hmm. This is your body, your energy. And uh, I did, uh, I did really uh, between or after high school, I should say, I, I did some uh, acupressure yoga. Mm -hmm. and that was how it was coined. And, and there were specific uh, practices in that to move the Kundalini up, mm -hmm. which ended in a meditation and okay. visualization of the Kundalini moving out of the top of the head and all this. And, and for me, I got great results from it physical, uh, you know, direct correspondence results, enough that it scared me a little bit because it was a little too 
uh, to physically, you know, things moving, you know? So, uh, for me, I was like, wow, that's, it's very powerful. And I was, I felt like I wasn't, uh, I didn't have a good lineage, uh, or, um, not necessarily a safety net, but really a, uh, like, well, what did I experience? I didn't have somewhere to go because I was getting this information on my own. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a teacher teaching me. Uh, is it something that you do for people that you work with people and will help guide them along if they run into like uh, little weird things happening? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that is, uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, does that happen a lot? Um, sometimes, yeah. um, usually, yeah, as you describe it, maybe the, it happens that, uh, the Kundalini can get through and it happens that they can get stuck. It right. depends if it gets stuck, usually you get maybe some headache or something like that. Yeah, but, right. um, it, it doesn't, uh, usually what, uh, because it's a natural process. So. As the schematic explained, uh, it doesn't, uh, have to have any not normal consequences. So right. uh, you can get into the state of meditation because it's kind of natural, say. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, blocked by basically our mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, but uh, for example, if you start uh, seeing uh, things like it can be happening, like uh, chakras, colors, or uh, the Kundalini itself as well, mm -hmm. it just means that uh, maybe you are, you are maybe a little on the, we call it on the left side. Mm. and uh saying on the superconscious um so sorry subconscious sorry and uh basically it just means that the kundalini just is trying to tell you that uh, okay let's you have to go back a little to the center basically because you're got it. Got it. subconscious and the same way like uh, as you said like in the beginning uh from the dreams and so on like uh, it's uh, more or less the uh, the area where the dreams come from the subconscious so this is coming from the left side and it can happen that uh, sometimes we are bringing naturally towards the center and we can have really nice experiences, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, the Kundalini usually tries because like uh, she's an intelligent energy, she's kind of the reflection of the divine within us. Right. Just to make it uh, the more natural possible, more comfortable for us as possible. It doesn't have anything painful or anything like that. Absolutely not. If it's done properly, <laughs> like right, from, right. Yeah. a person is done properly. And mostly, like, as I said, um, many people can have the pure desire to awaken that, like, of course. And there are uh, some, there are, I heard many cases, some cases, not many, but some cases in which this awakening, awakening happened uh, naturally. Yeah. However, uh, it's more difficult to uh like establish it right like the state right well <laughs> it's a social conditioning is those balloons you were talking about that kind of yes. lock things up and that's a very natural thing because you don't life. know how. yeah i don't know how you know because like okay i got the state wow it was so cool i remember one time i felt something very similar not just like that but similar it was when i was maybe 15 or 16 mm -hmm. after a swimming pool i was just showering with a whole very hot shower and I got into the state of, you know, thoughtless awareness, basically. But yeah. I said, okay, wow, what, what's that? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, when I did the meditation the first time, I said, oh, that was it. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. I never did like, know. Oh, okay. I've, I've felt this before. I've been here. 
Yeah, I didn't yeah. know how to replicate it, you know, and uh, with the meditation that we do with Satya Yoga, you can at least replicate it and uh, uh, enjoy yourself. Basically. Right. <laughs> and that's Satya, Satya Yoga? Uh, I don't know what Satya Yoga is. <laughs> no, it's not that. Sahaja Yoga, Sahaja Yoga. Sahaja? Okay. Yes. It's like S-A-H-A-J-A. Sahaja, okay. Sahaja, yes. Like, um, yeah, it's like Sahaja. It's like, as I said in the beginning, born with. One with, yeah. Yeah. And uh, there is a very nice uh, website that uh, we're full of resources to meditate with also guided meditations and everything like that. It's called okay. simply freemeditation.com. What is it called? Freemeditation. Oh, freemeditation.com. Yeah. .com, yes. And... Uh, yeah, you can find basically everything there. And uh, from the uh, longer version of the exercise that we did to more guided meditations, mm -hmm. uh, to more uh, theoretical knowledge. However, the, as we said always, like the most important thing is like, just give time to the practice. And just after that, a little more of theoretical knowledge because Otherwise, you get into the mind loop again. <laughs> right, right. You start studying right. things, and you get like uh, you lose the experience. <laughs> yeah, it's a right. more foundation, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Build on that foundation, but the first thing, and and it's always this way, is just just meditate, just do it. You know, yeah. just and, begin. Uh, There's mm -hmm. nothing stopping anyone from just starting the process because it's it's uh, extremely easy. It uh, is. But the only difficulty is the person getting in the way of themselves, right? Yes, yes, it um, is. Just as I said, five minutes. And uh, the only thing is just there to sit down because I understand that you have to find your moments, but just right. have basically to be alone in, in one room. And, Turn off distractions. Yeah, I mean, yes. For those yes, minutes. Yes. And that's the, I think that's the hardest thing for people nowadays to actually turn everything off. Turn the phone off. Turn the TV off, you yes. know. Close the laptop, and yeah, just yeah. take take the time yes. to connect, mm -hmm, to, mm -hmm. and and you're going to get more productive, and more connected, and have better relationships thereafter. Mm -hmm, Every mm -hmm. time you do it, the more you concrete the ability to connect to that uh, that one place. I call yes. it the gray zone between the two spheres, you know, the Vesica Pisces. Uh, the more times you do it, the more times you flex that ability, yes. the stronger and the easier that connection to that uh, beautiful paradise in our mind of the two worlds is, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's really, uh, it's, it's, it's about the disconnection from this world, this, you know, turning everything off, all the stimulus, as much of the electromagnetics for a lot of people, I find um, electromagnetic stimulation is a problem. Just having okay. lights on and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, this uh, can be upon your, uh, say, more comfort. Right. So uh, there is some people. The important thing is that not to do it in the dark because this is going towards more about sleeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> But apart from that, uh, you can turn on like a uh, light a candle or something. Right. Or not, it doesn't really matter. Or daylight hours. Have, right. Yeah. Some people have problems to keep uh, eyes closed uh, while awake because they're not used to it. And uh, that's fine. So yeah. they can meditate maybe with a candle, just watching the candle or something like that. 
um, so it's better like to have a close eyes, but some people can't, and uh, some people also have other uh, uh, things, conditioning, mm -hmm. so problems that we are bringing along with our lives, and that's fine. Right. So the meditation helps cure all the stuff or these things, but uh, it can happen that it can take some time sometimes. Yeah. So the important thing is that just do, for example, exercise with the guided one, for example, um, in your own comfort, mm -hmm. like in your home, or if you're feeling more like outside, better outside. And um, yeah, just not to be in a situation that um, somebody can judge you or something like that, just right. be yourself and uh and just try it like maybe uh i mean just once of course maybe try it um more times to see something different uh, if you feel uh, more uh adapt to it or if you feel like uh, better without faults or something like that mm -hmm. different spaces and different places yes yeah. yes yes it's very it's important a... and it's a better investment that you can do for yourself <laughs> but... yeah I mean, well, it's like it's life changing, and um, right. but in a real, in real sense, like not just it's not about uh, technology or like we overuse this uh, life changing thing. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, especially in the tech world, it's like uh, it's a game changer. It's life changing. Something that's always right, about. right. No, exactly. But, but, Chat GPT. <laughs> that's all you hear about right now. Chat GPT. <laughs> yeah, for example. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we we use it. There are tools, right? We use. No, that I mean, it's a tool, right? Exactly. With everything, but um, everything that you do for yourself, it's like what's life changing for your life, right? Uh, yeah. This gives you like the balance to be satisfied with yourself, to be uh, more creative. Like the first maybe thing that uh, the first the first I say effect apart from these sensations, but like a long term effect, say that uh, uh, that I saw after starting meditation after a few months. At the time, I was starting. I was studying at university. It was that uh, it helped me help my concentration, my focusing on the studies a lot. Yeah, and I was like uh, managing to study like in half the time that I was right, right. before. So I said, "What the heck?" <laughs> like I remember uh -huh. the study that I remember before. Um, <laughs> and everybody has different things. Like everybody's different. So there are some people who help them uh, to quit smoking after one week. Right. And other people who had uh, eyes problems and they get better. Like, like it depends. Like, you know, everybody. You never know. Yeah, it's really what it's re rebinding the kundalini, the uh, personal body power structure, back together, yeah. uh, or you know, reigniting it. Um, to say that it was at one point in time ignited and then it slowly diminished, and so you know, maladies that might come about in life. Um, could be cleared by reigniting that fire again, that internal human potential uh, yeah. of the person has. It's like not uh, not. It's a non. It's it's not unnatural. It's more natural to have that natural, fire so. burning and that ability inside of you to clear blockages, uh, flow energy, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You do everything by yourself. You don't. Uh, there is a. Uh, say nobody, for example, in the programs like touching you or doing things with you or something like that. Everything is by yourself because, as I said, you have to become your teacher, right? Right. And do your things, um, and then uh, everything anyway in your nature has like vibrations. So there are, as I said, like uh, places yeah. <laughs> where you can um, do 
like uh, better, better uh, meditations and other, people, other places in which have like more difficult vibrations, so it's more difficult to do meditations. However, uh, when you meditate uh, together, like uh, the meditations are way better because mm -hmm. the Kundalini somehow uh, they responded to each other, so they raised together. And uh, also, this works very well online, meaning that uh, even though the, uh, there is a distance, like or I do a guided meditation online anyway, mm -hmm. but especially live meditations, like together with other people meditating together, yeah, yeah. you can feel even like a more uh, of these uh, sensations or uh, you can go better or deeper into meditation. Because the distance, it doesn't really matter when you meditate for the Kundalini itself, because you are not, uh, you're, whether you are in a physical uh, same room or you are like on the other corner of the earth, yeah. the Kundalini gets connected anyway. It's right, like it quantum physics, basically. The, two, yeah. the Kundalini can stay in two places at, this, at the same time, basically. Right. The <laughs> so, entanglement, the entanglement factor. Yes, yes. The vibrations themselves have lots of uh, ramification that from the mm -hmm. quantum physics that, yeah, there's another story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's involved. <laughs> Just know it works. Yeah, that's great. And um, uh, so if somebody wanted to contact you to uh, reach out and, and, you know, get some of these meditation techniques, would they yes. be able to contact you directly? And do you uh, have a website for that? Um, yeah, we have many actually. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, Satya Yoga is spread out all over the world, uh, 170 countries or something like that, anyway. Okay. Wouldn't so, be with uh, you directly? Uh, I mean, directly, uh, well, you can find me on, uh, well, I don't know, there is a Polywork, a Twitter, Facebook. Uh, okay. I can connect, uh, I'll put it in the description for you as well, that way. Yeah, because my surname is a little difficult to, <laughs> to, <Yeah. laughs> to tell, maybe. But uh, first, Boasia. first, first one information. <laughs> sorry, uh, Boasia, right? Boasia, yes. Boasia, yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, there is a freemeditation.com. Um, yeah. as I said before, then uh, yeah, my contact, uh, maybe my Facebook is a little too personal, but um, do poly work is pretty good. The, the Saja Yoga Facebook page for Brno, but that's that it's like a very small city anyway, so whoever. Mm -hmm. Is from the US or the countries doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. If you want to find the uh, uh, center, say where they're running public programs next to you, uh, I think there is a list on freemeditation.com right. somewhere. Okay. Community, <laughs> close community. Or, yeah. Yes. Or uh, you can Google, uh, I don't know, Saja Yoga New York or something like right, that. Right, right, right. <laughs> Zoom into your zip code or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and but it yeah, is a lot of personal work. So the first thing is to establish your own uh, connection and practice. Yeah. And then, you know, reach out wherever you can um, yes, to find somebody yoga, doing the same yeah. kind of practice. Again, this would be one key to access that that link to meditation. Mm -hmm. but, anyway, um, if anybody has some questions about it, yeah, you can reach out to me. Yeah, totally. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Well, Alex, that was great. That was a wonderful uh, show, and I really appreciate you coming on. Um, we all could use a little bit more of that peace of mind, and uh, that approach is, is really awesome, very awesome. Um, and so what I would love to have you on again to do this uh, in the coming months 
maybe uh, we could yeah. evolve it a little further or something like that if that works for you sure yeah yeah, yeah. i've done that some times in the past uh online programs i did one uh, radio program as well <laughs> like, oh yeah okay <laughs> yeah it was some time ago but yeah, yeah. no i'm not focused like on a uh, physical presence here but uh, yeah you find it yeah the, the thing with with radio with podcasts is uh silence can be deafening you know it can <laughs> you yes. can't just have dead air you know what i mean so having some guide along portion of the meditation is pretty important but uh, i feel like yeah. people get a lot of value out of it especially if they can watch and do it along with you doing it um yeah yeah yeah, you know, yeah, yeah totally. we can, they can take can. notes and then they watch it again yeah the notes mm -hmm. it can study the process but uh yeah i really do appreciate you coming on today and thank um, you I hope you have a great uh, week coming up. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Alex. Take care. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.